Highland Falls, El Paso, Clarksville, Watertown, and from other important military capitals around the globe. Eye on Defense brings the top military and defense issues into focus. Eye on Defense is proudly sponsored by Big Sarge Pre-Owned TA-50 Emporium and The Last Hope Jewelry and Pawn. And now, citizens of Earth, brace yourselves for the next episode of Eye on Defense. Defense, 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 defense. All right, we're back. This is episode 203, 203. Today is 12 December, evening at 12 December. I won't keep you long. It's only eight stories tonight. Uh, we'll start off with Israel, a Yemen story. Uh, the Ukraine president's in the United States. Do some three UK stories, a US Army story, and a Belgium story. We'll start off with uh, Israel. This is from Times of Israel, 12 December. Emmanuel Fabian, who's a Reporter, we're kind of following, and Times of Israel staff. Uh, Defense Minister Yoav Gallant, Hamas battalions once considered invincible are now on verge of collapse. Hamas battalions in neighborhoods of northern Gaza are on the verge of collapse Monday. That's from Defense Minister Yoav Gallant amid heavy ongoing fighting in and around the terror stronghold of Khan Yunus in southern Gaza and rocket fire on central Israel during the day. Here's a quote, quite a few quotes. We have encircled the last strongholds of Hamas in Jabalia and I can't say the name of the town. The battalions that were that were once considered invincible, that prepared to fight us for years, are now on the verge of being dismantled, Gallant said at a press conference Monday, yesterday. He said hundreds of Hamas operatives have surrendered to Israeli troops in recent days, which shows what is happening to the terror group. The military in Shin Bet said on Monday that forces have arrested more than 500 terror operatives in the Gaza Strip in the last month. They have been taken for questioning by the IDF Military Intelligence Directorates Unit 504 and the Security Agency. Some of the operatives were arrested while hiding in civilian buildings, including schools or shelters. Uh, for civilians, the IDF said, adding that some 350 are members of Hamas, a further 120 are members of Palestinian Islamic Jihad. The photos issued by IDF on Monday showed fully closed detainees, unlike other photos coming out of Gaza in recent days, showing suspects stripped down to their underwear, sites that caused backlash. On Sunday, both National Security Advisor and IDF spokesman Rear Admiral Daniel Hagari, two different people, criticized the dissemination of the photographs showing arrested terror suspects as they were searched for explosives and vowed to stop circulating those images, which makes sense. Stop doing that. Uh, good idea. Speaking on Monday, Glant said that among those arrested by IDF were terrorists who participated in the 7 October shock terror assault on Israeli communities two months ago. Uh, that Saturday morning, which is October 7, 3,000 Hamas-led terrorists crossed the border in Israel by land, sea, and air, killing 1,200 people and seizing over 240 hostages, mostly civilians of all ages, under the cover of deluge of rockets. Uh, some 1,000 of those terrorists were killed by Israel on 7 October in the following days. A little bit about the uh, the Hamas terrorists that are being captured. Those captured, said Gallant, are t telling us very interesting things, apparently alluding to the intelligence gleaned from those prisoners. He encouraged terrorists to surrender. Whoever surrenders, his life is spared. Gallant also threatened Hamas Gaza leader, Sinwar, can't say his first name, the mastermind of a 7 October onslaught, 
saying that his fate and that of any other senior commander in Hamas and the fate of lower-ranking terrorists is all the same. Surrender or die, there's no third option. On Monday in northern Gaza, the Nahal Infantry Brigade troops discovered a Hamas training site inside a mosque in northern Gaza. Footage published by the IDF showed an officer giving a tour of the mosque, revealing a third floor, flirt on the third floor, a room used by Hamas for combat simulation, along with a machine gun, an RPG launcher, a computer, and a projector. The IDF said it found equipment used to make explosives in an adjacent room. As international pressure for a ceasefire in Gaza mounts, Gallant said in his comments that the war against Hamas will end once, the United, once Israel has achieved its goals. Here's a quote. I take into consideration everything the United States asks and says and take seriously, along with members of the cabinet, what America is doing, Gallant said in response to a question. We will find a way to help the Americans help us. Gallant's comments echoed United States Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, who said Saturday that Israel, not the United States, will decide when to end the war in Gaza. So that's our update from Israel. Next story, USNI. Lethal drones from Yemen attack French frigate and Red Sea, say officials. This is 11 December. Yesterday, Heather Mongilio Sam Legrone, French guided missile frigate came under attack from two lethal drones launched from Yemen, officials in Paris said on Monday. Uh, the event happened on Saturday. Two lethal drones fired from Yemen attacked the French guided missile frigate FS Longado uh, 653 while it was operating the Red Sea. That came from the French Minister of Armed Forces, Sebastian Lecornu. Here's a quote. This weekend, two drones coming from Yemen deliberately targeted, targeted our multi-mission frigate, which was carrying out a patrol in the Red Sea under the authority of the Admiral for the Indian Ocean based in Abu Dhabi. Le Cornu told the Senate the ship downed the two drones with guided missiles. These were Aster 15 missiles that were launched in self-defense to destroy the two drones. This was done successfully and therefore protected the boat and the crew alike. The attack on the French ship comes as Iran-backed Houthi forces in Yemen continue to attack ships in the Red Sea, arguing these vessels are connected to Israel. Uh, for Israel's part, the National Security Advisor said that Jerusalem is considering options to protect Israeli interests for merchant shipping. Here's a quote from him. Israel has given the world some time to organize in order to prevent this, but if there isn't enough if there is not to be a global arrangement because it's a global issue, we will act in order to remove this naval siege. Last week, the White House said they were working to create an international force to tamp down attacks. As of Monday, Pentagon Press Secretary Major General Patrick Ryder did not have any updates on a joint maritime task force that the United States and allies could possibly form to protect commercial ships in the Red Sea. So he's not Brigadier General Patrick Ryder anymore. He's Major General Patrick Ryder got promoted. John Kirby, the spokesman for the National Security Council, told reporters last week that the State Department and Defense Department are working to strengthen the combined maritime forces along its 39 partners and headquartered inside Bahrain along the U.S. Fifth Fleet. Uh, the, White has, the White House said the group could be under task, Combined Task Force 153, also known as CTF-153. CTF-153 is an existing group that's run by the Command Maritime Forces Partnership and is tasked with Red Sea security. Boy, this CTF-153 better wake up because there ain't much security in the Red Sea. 
CTF was established last year and has been commanded by both U.S. and Egyptian commanders. Uh, let's see. Despite multiple warships shooting down both Houthi-launched drones and cruise missiles, officials have said the United States ships weren't the obvious targets of the weapons. This is a quote from the Deputy Pentagon Press Secretary Sabrina Singh. She said this on Thursday. We're not in an armed conflict with Houthis. We've seen drones and missiles shot from Houthi-controlled areas within Yemen, not necessarily targeting our ships, but of course targeting most likely commercial vessels that are transiting through the Red Sea. I mean, this the guy from the Houthi group basically made an announcement saying, we are targeting ships in the Red Sea going to Israel. So, yeah, obviously they were targeting vessels in the Red Sea. Um, I don't know. Does everybody owe Yemen money or something? Is that why nobody's kind of taking all this? I don't know. I'm being flippant. That's a word. I just learned it. Flippant. Moving on. Uh, President Zelensky from Ukraine is in the United States. Here's this story. Zelensky asked Congress for more air defenses of Ukraine aid dwindles. This is from Defense News 12 December. Bryant Harris, Ukrainian President Zelensky, made a last-minute visit to Washington on Tuesday today to make a case for additional air defense support. But it's unclear whether Congress will overcome its partisan gridlock and passed the $61 billion supplemental package in economic security and needed to unlock that assistance. President Biden, uh, here's a quote from President Zelensky. President Biden and I discussed how to increase our strength for next year, air defense, destroying Russian logistics on Ukraine's land. President Zelensky said achieving air superiority would have, will allow Ukraine to intensify our ground, F, ground offensive in 2024 with our control of the skies. Who controls the skies controls the war's duration. Zelensky addressed the full Senate and met independently with the House Democrats, but House Speaker Mike Johnson, Republican Louisiana, did not schedule time for him to brief the full House. Uh, at the White House, Zelensky described his meeting, though, with Johnson as positive. At the end of the week, Johnson, Speaker Johnson, intends to put the House on recess through the holidays despite pleas from Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer to stay in session to move. President Biden's massive de defense supplemental spending request. Of course, this request includes funds for Ukraine, Israel, Indo-Pacific, and the U.S. southern border. Uh, next door, Ukraine provides ships to ward off Russia in the Black Sea. Defense News, Rudy Rutenberg. Uh, the U Ukraine allies are U.K., Norway, and Netherlands. Uh, U.K. and Norway will lead a coalition aimed at helping Ukraine secure its maritime Export routes against Russian interference. This is a statement from British Ministry on 11 December. Long-term goals to help Ukraine transfer its navy and become more compatible with Western allies and to bolster security in the Black Sea. The United, uh, United Kingdom is transferring two mine hunter ships to Ukraine as a first step. Russia's Black Sea blockade has significantly reduced Ukraine's ability to move exports by sea. And bolstering the country's ability to counter the threat of sea mines will will help restore maritime trade according to the UK. Britain is transferring two Royal Navy Sandown-class mine countermeasure vessels to Ukraine. The 52.5-meter, 600-ton vessels are built almost entirely from non-magnetic magnetic materials to avoid setting off sensitive weapons. The Royal Navy still has three of these vessels in active service. The Dutch government 
the Dutch government in March promised Ukraine two mine hunter ships of the Alkmaar class to be transferred once the Royal Netherlands Navy receives replacement vessels. That's expected to happen in 2025. Beyond the development of a maritime force, a new coalition led by UK and Norway will work with Ukraine's Navy and Defense Ministry to develop capabilities, including a Marine Corps and river control river patrol craft to defend coastal and inland waterways. Good story. Uh, next UK story is one five five millimeter artillery story. I think they're calling it the mobile. UK is calling it the mobile fires platform. Uh, BAE Systems has unveiled its members for an industry team pitching for the British Army's 155mm artillery requirement ahead of the expected launch of the competition early next year. Uh, the comp- this team is uh, Babcock and Rheimatol BAE Systems Land. Babcock and Rheimatol BAE Systems Land. They call themselves RBSL. They're joining a BAE-led team offering the Archer 8x8-wheeled artillery system for the Ministry of Defense, the artillery program uh, effort called the Mobile Fires Platform. The Archer is built by BAE's Swedish Defense Operation, but the company said the British industry content could amount to 60% if the Archer is selected for the British Army. Not in the article, but this is something we've seen a lot of, right? We just talked about this in... uh, Australia with the uh, South Koreans building a company, the Redback, in Australia with Australian factories and workers and stuff like that. Happens in Poland. They're doing it over there. So this is like the, I guess it's a trend. They're going to do the same thing in UK with this Archer. Uh, Under the terms of the industrial tie-up dubbed the Archer Alliance, Archer Artillery Alliance, BAE will provide and integrate the weapon system as well as set up assembly and test facility. BAE is looking at potential assembly sites in the north of England, which has closed its gun production site there several years ago when the M777-155 lightweight howitzer production concluded. BAE told Defense News it was looking to reestablish a British barrel-making capability as part of any deal. Uh, RBSL will be in the lead for providing the HX 8x8 truck chassis for for the artillery piece. This UK venture is between BAE, BAE and Rheimatol is currently building Boxer and Challenger 3 armored vehicles for the British Army. Uh, the UK Army is looking to replace its aging AS-9155 systems and is in the concept phase of a mobile fires program expected to see 96 wheeled or track vehicles delivered with an initial operation capability of 2029. That's like six years away. Other bidders for this program include Hanwha Airspace of South Korea. They're partnered with Lockheed Martin UK for the K-9 Thunder. There's also KMW of Germany with the RCH-15552 variant of the Boxer wheel personnel carrier being bought by the British. Uh, Prompted by lessons from the Russian invasion of Ukraine, UK MOD is looking at accelerating, possibly accelerating the artillery program. British government already has acquired 14 archers as an intermeasure to fill a capability gap left by gifting AS-90s to Ukraine in early 2023. Four archers have already been delivered to the British, and a further 10 are due to be handed over in a single batch early next year. The Swedish military operates the archer as, long, as well as Switzerland. I mean, why not just buy archers, man? Why are you going to go through all this... Uh, 
development and down select. You're fixing to buy how many of these things? 10 and then four more, 14. You're going to train all your artillery folks on them. How many are you buying? You're only buying 96 and you've already got 14. Why are you going to develop a new program? That's a question, not a statement. You might need to keep some of those. I don't know. Can you air salt these things? I don't know. Can you pick them up with a helicopter? I think that's the, that's the bad thing about them. I'm sure they can shoot and move pretty quickly, but I don't know if you can move them with the helicopter like you can the M777. Moving on. Uh, what's next? Speaking about moving stuff, there's a Chinook story. This is as cost rise, the United Kingdom has no decision to ditch the H-47 extended range Chinook, of course, helicopter acquisition yet. Tim Martin, 12 December. The head civilian, I'm sorry, the head civil servant from UK's Ministry of Defense has told lawmakers that no decision has been taken to withdraw from the planned procurement of 14 U.S.-made H-47 Chinook extended range heavy lift helicopters, though inflation has increased the cost of $1.9 billion. That's due to the COVID, I think. Uh, David Williams, who's the UK's mod permanent secretary, has said that any decision to drop the deal would have an impact on the range of operations that our armed forces are able to prosecute and confirm that negotiations between London and Washington to close a foreign military cell are ongoing. That said, the push for procurement is the need to prosecute the hardest targets identified by special forces, but if that requirement disappeared tomorrow, we wouldn't need the new helicopters. Kind of an obvious statement from Lieutenant General Rob McGowan, Deputy Chief of the Defense Staff for Financial and Military Capability. Back to David Williams, the Permanent Secretary. He suggested that the question of whether the U.K. should carry on with the procurement had been triggered by concern in the summer around the issue of the affordability and impact cost increases could have on other helicopter acquisitions. And this other acquisition that they're talking about is the $1.3 billion U.S. dollar new medium helicopter program, which is aimed at replacing the Royal Air Force Puma fleet. As far as the H-47ER extended range, the U.K. originally announced a $1.4 billion pound or $1.8 billion U.S. agreement for 14 aircraft in May of 21, with deliveries to be set in, in 2026 until 2030, four years. But pressures, budgetary pressures linked to COVID-19 caused London to order a three-year delay, with a delivery schedule review has since been called for. Under plans published in the UK Defence Command paper of 2021, the new fleet of these platforms will replace nine oldest Chinooks in the Mod Chinook inventory. In September, the UK Defence Procurement Minister, James Cartledge, confirmed in response to a question that costs on the program had risen by, by nearly... 46 million. Of course, this new e, uh, extended range helicopter has a top speed of 300K, can transport up to 55 personnel or 10 tons of cargo. They also have updated digital cockpits, modernized airframes, and flight control systems, according to the UK MOD. And while we're talking about Chinooks, here's a U.S. Army story for Chinooks. Boeing wins 271 million. U.S. Army deal for six Chinook helicopters, Jester Domingo Defense Post, 12 December. Boeing has been awarded a $271 million deal to produce six remanufactured MH-47G Block II Chinook helicopters. 
Boeing said the updates to the helicopter answers U.S. Army Special Operations Aviation Command's need for a battle-ready helicopter, heavy lift, capable of adapting to increasingly combat missions, complex missions. The contract brings a total number of Block 2 orders for the Army to 42. Work is expected to be completed by May of 27. Uh, here's a quote from Heather McBrien, uh, cargo program's vice president from Boeing. Uh, with the new and improved MH-47G Block II aircraft, the Special Operations Aviation Command is not only receiving those capable Chinook helicopter, they are also provided the flexibility to add additional upgrades as their need evolves over time. The company has worked closely with the U.S. Army in its efforts to modernize the fleet. Last year, it received a $195 million contract to provide six Block II Chinook helicopters. Uh, 20 minutes. Last story, folks. Uh, Belgium presented with its first F-35 Joint Strike Fighter from Lee Farron, breaking defense 11 December. The Belgian Air Force was officially presented its first F-35 at an event in Texas Sunday in what the service called a crucial advancement for, for America's NATO ally. Here's a quote from the Chief of Defense for the Belgian Armed Forces, Admiral Michael Hoffman. The introduction of the F-35 within the Belgian Air Force will enable us to continue to fulfill all our missions in the coming decades in cooperation with our allies and partners in NATO, EU, and beyond. The plane was presented in what appeared to be an elaborate ceremony at Fort Worth, Texas, of course, after the aircraft, which has been designated AY-01, rolled off Lockheed Martin's production line. Lockheed said AY-01 is expected to be officially delivered to Belgian forces next year. But the Belgian Ministry of Defense said the eight planes, the first eight planes, I'm sorry, will actually go to a U.S.-Belgian squadron at Luke Air Force Base in Arizona, where the planes will be used to train Belgian pilots and technicians. In all, Belgium expects to receive 34 of these things, 34 F-35As. In 2018, the U.S. State Department estimated the deal to be worth three point, I'm sorry, six point three billion. So twenty what year was that? Twenty eighteen, thirty-four F thirty fives were six point three billion. Uh, the F thirty five which has been co developed or purchased by sixteen US partners and allies around the world is expected to fly in Belgium's Air Force in place of aging F sixteens until they come up with an, a sixth generation F six uh sixth generation fighter. Of course, we know, we just did a story on this. They're part of that German-Franco-Spanish project known as Future Combat Air Systems, uh, which will include a next-generation fighter and a fleet of drone wingmen. Uh, As for what that will be, earlier this year, Brussels announced it'll be an observer and later a full partner in the German-Franco project known as Future Air Combat System, which includes a next-generation fighter and a fleet of drone wingmen. I think I just said that. I did. Uh, That's it. Only eight stories tonight. One, two, three. Did I forget anything? Nope, that's it. 23 minutes. I won't keep you long tonight. Give me a few minutes to tighten this up, and then I will put it out. So that's it. Episode 203 is in the books. Let me write this down, take some notes. Thank you very much for listening, and good night.